He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's Post-Life Crisis. Welcome to this episode of John's Post-Life Crisis. On this episode, we welcome the most well-known and wisest fake football coach in the universe, Faux Pellini. Uh, I don't think I need to introduce him any more than that. He should be well-known to Nebraska fans. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Faux. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Uh, thank, that's quite an introduction. Thank you for that. And uh, good to be here. I'm doing great, John. Great to be here. Uh, it's quite an introduction. Thank you for that. I thought we could uh, – what I want to discuss today is, is a specific topic, and that is uh, the fact that the national media seems to see or be more hyped about Nebraska's upcoming 2019 football season – than actual Nebraska fans are. And this is this is the weirdest offseason that I can recall in the fact that uh, we appear to be exporting the Kool-Aid instead of drinking it. Uh, what do you, why do you think this – why do you think the national media is that hyped? Uh, you know, it's a good question. It's kind of funny to be in that position. I agree. It's weird. Um, it's weird. It's a reverse of how things have been in, you know, for, for a few years. Um I don't know. Personally, I think there's probably a couple reasons for that, a couple theories. Uh, one is that, you know, the, I guess what, I guess what I'd say about it is that the national media is covering, you know, a hundred teams, right? 125 odd teams. And when they're doing that, they don't have time to drill down all the way down on, you know, most of them all the way down to, you know, every the bottom of the roster of every college football team, even the ones in the big conference. So when they look at Nebraska, they see that you got the coach, you got a coach with a name who seems to know what he's doing, who the media seems to like, uh, who, you know, it seems like Nebraska got their coach. You know, they check that box. And they got a quarterback who's got a name and seems to have huge upside and is fun to cover and all those things. So if you're a national media guy going through your, you know, your – preseason list of teams, those are the two most important boxes to check. So as you're kind of blown by Nebraska, you say, look, they got their coach, they got the quarterback, let's see what they got. Time to go. Time to have a time for Nebraska to have a great year, you know? And I think that if you're if you're not looking deeply into the detail, you just you may think we're better than we are just because of those those factors. And the other thing the other side is I think the national media wants Nebraska to be good. Um, I think they like it when Nebraska is good. I think it makes the sport, you know, kind of more interesting uh, as a whole, whether they, you know, whether they want to see Nebraska win national championships or something like that is a different, different story. I, I wouldn't go that far, but you know, it's a name that I think gets, gets people, gets people going. Cause it's still though. I mean, I, I want Nebraska to be good because I'm Nebraskan and I love us. But, I mean, Nebraska still carries that weight out there, do you think? You know, it, it's a good question. I I do think that. I think that it's it's still got a name cachet, at least for, you know, at least for the, you know, the over, what, over over 30 crowd, over 35 crowd, which is going to be a lot of the old established national sports writers. Um, they remember, you know, the glory days. I think that math works out. Um, so I do think that they, you know, it's kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a brand, it's a national brand. It's like Florida, you know, Florida state is still that even when they're not good, they get, you know, more attention than they should. 
Miami probably still fits that mold. Notre Dame certainly fits that mold. Um, you know, even you see like UCLA and teams like that, USC, when they're pretty good, they're covered like crazy. And I think Nebraska may not be at that level of some of the teams that I just said, but they're in that mix where, you know, they'll draw ratings and they're familiar and they're a big name. It doesn't mean, though, that it's necessarily attached to reality and, and that that means they're going to win, you know, that they're that they're back. I still personally feel like, you know, we're probably a year away. Um, you know, we, we check those two boxes, you know, the coach box and the quarterback box, and that's definitely good to have. But it feels like we're a year away at a, at a bunch of other positions. There's still a talent deficit. Uh, kind of across the board. So, you know, another year of uh, Frost getting his guys in there, getting the strength program going, and getting getting that stuff going will be, um, you know, then we'll really see. But, you know, my my target is like eight wins this year. Uh, I'd like to see, see that happen. Anything more than that will be gravy. Okay. We're favored on almost all our games this year. So... Let me ask you this. Are you being conservative because you don't want to be hurt again? <laughs> there's there's probably an element of that. But I do I really do think that it's still, you know, it's we're still not there. We're still not there yet. I think by the end of the year we may be really, really good and there may be a lot of momentum with a couple of frustrating, inexplicable losses uh, on our, you know, on the, uh, on the ledger. So I do think that, you know, Nebraska fans having lower expectations than um, lower expectations than uh, the national media is, is really a good, you know, a good thing because I'd hate to see like, look, if they go seven and five or something, that would not be unheard of. Um yeah, I think seven and five is probably as likely as, you know, nine and three. Um, and if that happens, you know, th- this is in a lot of a lot of year, a lot of ways, still a throwaway year. You know, I think this is a year where th- you want to see good signs, you want to see growth, you want to see the guys stepping up. It'd be fun to watch Martinez. It's fun to watch a lot of things. But you know, it's it's Frost's second year for God's sake. You know, I, I just don't want us to get carried away. I'm talking mostly to myself when I when I say that. I fully admit it. You know, you mentioned the phrase throwaway year. You know, I, I think this is my 13th year running coronation. Uh, we have had arguments. We've had arguments for years about that nine-win barrier. You know what I mean? That if a coach didn't win nine games a year, they were in a position to be fired. That's That's mm-hmm. completely gone now, isn't it? Well, and sometimes when they win nine nine games, they're still in a position to be fired. Right. Well, I think there's a different barrier for each coach. I think Frost has a different barrier than Pelini had, than Riley had. You know, I think that it would take a lot for for Frost to, you know, get that. I mean, I think you'd need three or four, five and six win years in a row before people started saying, you know, this guy is not the guy. Um, but I think that it's true to say that when, um, when he's got his guys and when the thing's really rolling, I think the expectations totally are for nine, 10, 11 wins. Um, whether they actually take the step of firing him probably depends on a lot of other variables because he's, 
you know, a favorite son, you know, a lot of, you know, if there's no character issues and he's winning nine games a year, um, I think he'd probably stick around as long as he wanted to stick around. Um, because when you're winning nine games, there's always the feeling and the hope that it's going to actually turn into 10 and 11. You know, there's no, there's never a, a deal where it's only nine, even with Pelini, right? It, you still think that next year might be the 11 or 12 win year. So as long as he keeps, as long as there's hope attached to it, I think he'll be there as long as he wants to be. I'll go back to that uh, national media wanting Nebraska to be good. Uh, right now, the Big Ten West is—it's a crapshoot. It's a. Some people would say it's a mess. Uh, do you think they? Do you think the national media wants Nebraska to be good so that there's a clearer picture of what they can do every year in the Big Ten West? Because right now, it's kind of like who's going to take it? Nobody knows. Does that make it more difficult for them to write about? Does that factor into it? Maybe. I think. I think it's. I think the Nebraska stories write themselves. I mean, everybody's already got their Nebraska resurgence story on a shelf in their brain. You know, the national writers like when if Nebraska wins the Big Ten West this year, for example. I mean, we already know what those stories are going to say. You know. Um, is this is Nebraska back? Is this for real? Is Frost the guy? Do they have you know? Is this the natural place for Nebraska to be and that kind of thing? So it, it definitely makes our job easier when Nebraska's good. Um, I don't know. I think some chaos is probably more interesting to write about. You know, if you have Northwestern going to Indianapolis, that's a fun story to write too. So I don't know if it makes things more orderly necessarily for them, but it is a more Nebraska being good is a more familiar thing. If only, by the way. When I say I want, I think the national media is comfortable or enjoys when Nebraska is good. That doesn't mean to imply that I think they're Nebraska fans and that they want to see Nebraska do well, because they would just have just as much fun writing the story of Nebraska falling off the cliff again, you know, or yeah, well, that's true. They would, yeah, or not being back, or you know, the, the college football's changed so much that Nebraska can never be good again. You know, they they like those stories too, so. It's just having Nebraska be a factor and a variable that they can use. I think this makes it makes it fun for them. Hmm. I don't know what else you got. This is a fairly short podcast, but I didn't want these things to go on for hours. I could probably say that I think the most of the retinence is that the right word? Yeah, retinence that comes to well myself. I don't know, maybe you Nebraska fans. Is that we our offensive and defensive lines aren't there, and for, I mean when right. every we just got past watch list time of the year, which like everybody on the planet is on a watch list. Uh, there haven't been offensive linemen on Nebraska offensive linemen on a watch list for way too long. Yeah, that's that's yeah. that's why everybody's really kind of holding back, isn't it? Yeah, that's the that's the real deficit. I think. I mean. The Michigan game was not that long ago. I mean, when you look at it, it was like, I don't know, I haven't counted the schedule, but it's probably seven games ago um, on the, you know, in the, in our history. And that they just, the Reds got blown off the ball on both sides of the ball. Every play of that game, that score could have been whatever Michigan wanted it to be. Um, and that wasn't that long ago. And things haven't changed that much, you know, and Michigan was a good team, but not a, you know, fantastic team last year. Um, 
Ohio State showed, you know, different signs. The Ohio State game showed different signs, although there was a lot going on at Ohio State. Um, so, you know, I think that's part, that's probably the main reason that I'm when I say I feel like we're still another year away is that there is, you know, it takes a while to get to get back there to get the offensive and defensive line to a point where they're going to actually compete and dominate people and, and those kind of things. The good news is once you get there, you can create a pipeline and kind of stay there. Uh, it might be easier to stay there than to get there. Um, but to expect that they'll, that that will be solved in 2019, I just think is not realistic. Um, I think there'll be signs that it's getting solved. I think people will be stronger and they're, you know, have another year under frost system and everybody will be playing well together. But to feel that going into 2019 that, you know, what happened in the Michigan game is ancient history, you know, and we're talking about a lot of the same guys, some of the same guys, um, you know, I just don't want to expect too much. Yeah. Riley really turned our program to mush, didn't he? <laughs> he, uh, he just did what Mike Riley does. You know, I don't think, I don't think that was his fault. I have a, feeling about Riley. I mean, when you hire the wrong guy, it's not really the guy's fault, you know? It's the fault of the people that hire him. He did the best he could of being Mike Riley. He was doomed to do what he did. Um he's just not he's just not a top level coach and didn't deserve to be at Nebraska and he was the wrong hire. So I don't put the blame on him, you know. He did the best he could. He he delivered exactly what Mike Riley is going to deliver. Um, there's a lot of mess to clean up, uh, but it looks like Frost is on his way. Hopefully he is. You know, that's a lot more gracious than I I am because if I'm at one of my customer sites and, and somebody asks me, somebody brings up his name, it's all I can do to stop from shouting massive amounts of profanities. And even then yeah. I, I fail miserably at it. Look, that doesn't mean that I haven't done that either. Because uh, I have, it's. I mean, he's he's the coach, and he expects something. He's making a lot of money, and he deserves that shouting. And he gets fired, and you know, he's that's what happens. He signed up for. He took the job. You know, he could have said no, I can't do it. He took the job and said I can do it, and he failed. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve any blame, because uh, of course he does. I'm just he's not the main guy I point at. It's kind of like you know, if your if your cat pees in the basement. Um, regularly, uh, is it really the cat's fault, or is it your fault for letting the cat in the basement? At a certain point, it's it's not on the cat, you know. This is this is why you got the big job of writing for the athletic, isn't it? This kind of stuff. <laughs> cat pee talk. That's yes. I'll actually do that. So how is that going? We'll we'll talk about you for a couple minutes, and then we'll be done. Uh, how's the athletic going? Really well. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I really like writing there. Um, I really like the people and you know, kind of the the opportunity there. Um, really, and you know, when I when I started writing there a couple of years ago, um, I didn't really know what to expect out of the site. I think everybody, you know, who's honest about it, had no idea if it would, you know, just fall on its face. The subscription model and you know the no ads, no video, um, pure subscription based model. Um, so I didn't know what I was doing and, you know, I'm in a different position than you know, the full-time writers there, you know, just, I'm just contributing there, but, um, man, it's really exceeded expectations in terms of the talent they've been able to attract and also 
the growth and just kind of the legitimacy you see out there sense that I get in terms of being, you know, a really high profile accepted source of a lot of uh, news, even breaking news these days. Um, so it's been, it's been really good. Um, really good to be, you know, surrounded by that kind of, that kind of talent and able to contribute there. And they give me full, you know, full flexibility and freedom to, to do what, whatever crazy idea pops in my head. So, um, so it's going you, great. You, really, you uh, have to, really like you have to up your game. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's true. That's kind of like the, you know, being in a place where there's, there's a lot of, a lot of talent It makes it, makes it fun, but it also, yeah, it does, it does kind of bump everybody up, uh, bump up everybody's game up a level. Wow. All right. Anything else about the 2019 season you want to say or, you know, um, I think so. I mean, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. This is the first season I can remember in a while that it seems like just pure fun going into it. And it's not like annoying from day one. Last year was like that too, I guess, but it quickly became obvious that it was, you know, way too early to get any kind of excitement. I mean, this year we got our quarterback and we got a system, even though I think we're a year away from any kind of real expectations. Um, you know, we're going to have a real football team, and that's fun. Yeah, I will say, I'll say one more thing. I think last year at the Troy game, I shot the Troy game. I was sitting on the field. I mean, it was like 120 degrees on the field. It was it was, right. it was nasty, okay? But I'm sitting kind of in one shaded area next to another well-known photographer, and we watched Troy run like a motion and run our linebackers right out of the middle of the field, Troy runs up the literally a hole the size of a semi sideways. I don't know. It was mm-hmm. huge. And uh, the guy turned and looked at me and he said, you and I could have ran through that hole. And I thought, oh, my God, what is this going to be? And then, you know, we continue to go 0-6. But that was last year. And I don't, you're excited. I'm, I'm kind of – I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm a little – I'm terrified. I'll use the word terrified. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just want us to play the first game and then yeah. things will be fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, that's, you know, that's what happens when there's expectations. Yeah. And listen, I can talk a big game about, you know, having, you know, settled expectations and, you know, realistic expectations that all every year that goes out the window when, you know, you turn on the TV and there they are and there's kickoff, you know, I'm, I turn into every other fan, high expectations, you know, that the logical part of your brain goes out the window pretty quick. Yes, it does. All right. We'll be done. Uh, thank you to Faux Polini for joining me. Uh, Great we're to be gonna, here. Yeah. We're, we hope maybe we'll have you back someday. Maybe I'll keep doing go. these and it'll actually be successful. Maybe this episode actually recorded. That will be <laughs> That would be a bonus. Yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Foe, and thank you all for listening to John's Post-Life Crisis.